Any of those... Uh, Milwaukee's best light is better than Iron City for me. <laughs> Does that tell you anything? The beast. Oh, the beast. The beast light. All right, we are rolling. All right. So I got to play for you some of these minor chord songs that we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um... I still feel really bad for Nirvana, though. That's He, he seriously... Yeah, we played he, her the. Uh, he'd kill himself home. all over again if he had if he heard that. He really so would. here's material girl and minor. Oh Jesus, which I think is great. Uh, Who does? I assume I've turned up. I guess I could do that. <laughs> So far, it doesn't sound any Yeah, it right. sounds the same. Wait a second. So more of like a sinister... A little now. bit. God, I love this video. Yeah, I think it adds like it, it adds a little like, forcefulness to it. A little bit more attitude, mm-hmm. which is amazing, considering the song is full of attitude. This is her Sean Penn days. Here we go. Oh, that's weird. And her voice sounds so fucking weird. Well, it's it's modulated. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite. That, that's probably why it sounds weird. That's what yeah, I kind of, so like auto tune, Sean Penn, Madonna, auto tune, right? Is awful. It was what well, was what well, was invented to make minor corrections in pitch. Oh, I know. Okay, I used and, to want to work. I I intern at record labels. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was like so, what I wanted to do for all right. a living. So then you know, then you know, like I what Cher was probably one of the first people to, mm-hmm. to crank it up to eleven. And, yeah, the, and, I turned back time. Mm-hmm. And, and her to ass make, looked fabulous though. And and to take advantage of using autotune as an instrument as mm-hmm. opposed to a post production tool. Okay, so right. here is my... and now it's it's basically most but, pop. But stars. I mean, this is stretching what autotune can do to the. You know, it's it's recomposing a song. It's not just pitch correction. So right, yeah. Oh God, I hated this song. They've all turned out to be quite handsome men. Oh my god, this smells like a shot of alcohol. It's 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 high so it's twenty-five percent. I know. It's it, you will find that it's not as fiery as like a bourbon is. And it's very maple y. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be it, it's not hot. Even though it smells hot, it's not hot. No? Can't do it. Holy shit. Greg will take a little sip and then. The aftertaste is better. It's mapley. Mm-hmm. The aftertaste is good, but that first. Okay. I can't do it. Ooh, I get to have some utopias tonight. <laughs> do you taste the, the aftertaste is good? Yeah. But that first to me is like whiskey. A little? It's a little hotter than everybody. It's whiskey. It's like whiskey to me. I wonder if it's got if it's evolved a bit. It's like Canadian it shouldn't old. Shouldn't really change it all. It's twenty five percent. It's like old Canadian. It might oxidize some since it's been open, but yeah. When Beth Apple and I got shit faced for the first time, we were fifteen. On her mom had an old bottle of whiskey for some reason. Her mom was like a saint, and it was like old Canadian whiskey. We got blind drunk, and that's what yeah. it's. 
it, but it I do, actually, the I, I do is think good. it is more oxidized. It does seem a little cardboardy, like cherry yeah. something. But the aftertaste is good. You can taste the yeah. maple. So I was saying to Jeff, like this would be great, like at the end of a second act, second act of a movie, you know, like a, a superhero movie, shit's going down. This song? Yeah, they're approaching, and it's like, oh man, shit's going down. This, <laughs> this is the worst part. And then all of a sudden, this song comes on, and you're like, what the fuck? Well, just like this is the this is the feeling. This is where, this the is where feel the, good music where the heroes. No, this is the feeling of, of oh shit. This is where the guardians are getting thrown around by Thanos, right? Right. This yeah. is <laughs> this is this is where this is where they, the, the the heroes have failed, but they have to come back. They have to rally together and come right. back and yeah, but this Iron is, Man this is and Captain failing, America have to get together. Or this is when somebody's watching the the, the aftermath of them having failed. I, Oh my god, it's awful. <laughs> All right, so play uh, that that metal version of My Way or I want I want with the Backstreet Boys or whatever that was. Oh, okay. After this. First I want to do this one. <laughs> this is early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah, maybe even it- Ladies, where is he oh, no, from? No, no, no. Jamaica? Where is he from? I'm not, I don't know. He was like a Rastafarian, wasn't he? <laughs> well, he had those probably from Brooklyn. He probably was. He was there. <laughs> I just remember. I was pretty young. That's why. Every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it up. Be worried. It's such a catchy song. I like what it does with the whistle. Be worried. Be worried. Don't Okay, that song so, was in everyone's head for yeah, like five years. Yeah. It was one of those songs you just could not get out of so your head. So this next one, you're going to play that next? This is, you know, just complete shit pop song that I can't stand. And I after you played this, great song. after you played this, it was stuck in my head for like five days. Oh, I shit. think this song is a great song with it by a real shitty band. But I think this is a great song, uh, which happens, right? Oh, real yeah. shitty bands can do great songs. Yes, there's plenty. Uh, Look at all the hair bands from the '80s. There were some good, some good love ballads in that shit. But this is this is a band called Steel Panther, which which does it's, it's, it's a metal parody band. Yes, yeah, they're really I've heard of they're them. great musicians. Why do I know them? Yes, they're, they're really funny and they're great musicians. But they took this song and turned it into a metal song, <laughs> and I think it's great. Here you go. The 80s, that, that metal guitar. Holy shit. It's good, ain't it? <laughs> oh my god. You know, there's a lot of. Um, like heavy metal like bands that Damien likes like that are played on Octane on I don't know if you listen to Sirius XM like Octane is like their heavy not like they're not cock rock but like heavy like not Primus I'm trying to think like what kind of heavy metal like heavy metal not Tool. like yeah like even heavier than Tool Ministry yes yeah good old Ministry I mean there's a there's a band that takes pop songs and makes them 
their songs, and they're fabulous. But they're like modern metal, not this. Yeah. And because every now and then I'll put out Octane or you know, click to Octane. And I'm like, is that Pink? Like they'll take a Pink song or a Taylor Swift song, and I'm like, oh my god, this is fantastic. Because those can be really good songs. Yes. Yes. I, I think this is a really good song, and this is a demonstration of that it's a really good song because you make a good, that's really awesome funny. Out and and when, I the, hated the original. So the thing I love about Steel Panther is it's really good musicianship and like they're really, I mean, the, the stuff they're doing with the guitars. Oh yeah, they're completely in sync. I yeah. mean, they're like legit. I'm totally getting like Skid Row. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I loved Skid Row. Holy shit, that was good. Bash and bot. Mm, he had the best hair. <laughs> Key change. That is so funny. Uh-huh. Oh my god, I wonder if they like it. The original band, uh, like I, the Backstreet Boys. I, how could you not? Like I would it's think that's like such a huge flatter. Yeah, yeah it's, it's totally flattering. Yeah, it's like it's like when Weird Al does your song. How can you not? It's when what? Weird Al does a song. Oh yeah, that's yeah. like a huge that's a huge compliment. The only person who didn't like it was Coolio. Oh yeah, he did not like. It. Yeah, he did he things didn't, to Amish Paradise. Right. Which was a uh, Amish Paradise was fantastic. That was good times. But Coolio was like, no, this is serious songs. This is important. Gangsters Paradise. Yeah. That was the song to the, uh, it was a higher education movie. Oh, with Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer. Michelle, because that was the video. Was yes. Michelle Pfeiffer sitting down and looking at Coolio. And she was, yeah, uh, she's still so gorgeous. I swear to God, she hasn't aged since Greece too. Um, <laughs> she's stunning. She knows she's married to David Kelly. David yes, Kelly? yes, David Kelly, TV yeah. Warrior. Yeah, like amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, she's seriously stunning. He still. wrote. He wrote a movie called Lake Placid, and it sucked. Well, he wrote like he did like <laughs> Ally McBeal, like all of those yeah, shows. His TV like, he's stuff, amazing. He was great at TV, and then he tried to write a movie, and it sucked. Yeah, well, that's okay because he's <laughs> he's doing just fine with his money from uh, all the re- uh, the. Uh, to me, it's the opposite stuff. of Sorkin. I I I hate Sorkin TV shows, <gasps> but I like his movies. You didn't like West Wing? Oh my god, I love the West Wing. Oh my God, I still love the West Wing. The actors in the West Wing are like on Brad, Bradley Whitford. All of those people are fantastic. Well, my favorite... Let's move this conversation to the hallway, shall we? Oh, sorry. Oh, yes, you know, you know he's doing the walk West and talk. Wing. Well, let's do the walk and talk for the uh, rest of this conversation. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing a joke about, about walk and talks. He's what? West Wing. You know, when, when they're walking. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love when they do that. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's I, what I, was I love that. I love. Um, what's her name? I'm going blank on her name. Allison Janney. No. Oh, she was so great in I, Tonya. Holy I shit, she's hysterical. She's fantastic. You saw Get Out, right? No, but I have it. You have to watch it. I have it, it on DVD. It's, yeah. It's really... I'm psyched it was nominated. Really good. Just because it's so different from... Yeah, but it's worth... I mean, it deserves it. It deserves the acclaim. It's, it's I remember good. when it came out. It was, like, so acclaimed. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, but the, I, my favorite Sorkin, like, disaster was Studio 60. Because... When I that, remember that. That came out when 30 Rock came out. Yes. And, and you know, Studio Sissy had all, like, the, the press going into it. And, you know, it was the same, almost the same concept. Completely. And then 30 Rock was, like, this brilliant, subversive show. Tina and Faye. Studio 60 was this paint-by-numbers, like, 
awful. I mean, mm-hmm. trying to trying to get the gravitas of the West Wing to like a fucking Saturday Night Live show. Yes. And none of it, tra- none of it worked. <laughs> Did not work at all. And and then you had Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey, and it was yeah. Gold. And and they Tracy and they Morgan. were they were going exactly the opposite route, which was treat it as silly as it is. Yes. And that whole cast. I mean, think about getting that whole ensemble together for Thirty Rock. For oh 30 my god, Rock. they were all yeah. friends. Yeah. I mean, but just like so good, like, so fantastic. You I mean, want to hang get, out with them. I mean, what a what a discovery um, Kenneth was, which is oh, uh, yeah, uh, Jack McBrayer. Uh, Jack McBrayer. Um, but then Jake. yeah, you, you also had. I mean, you had Scott Adsit, who you know doesn't do a, a isn't big, but he's a great improviser. Yes, yes, and. Uh, and then you had Rachel Dratch for a while, and you had like, oh, uh, what's her name? Jane. Uh, Jane, Jane Krakowski. Krakowski. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. hilarious. She's so good. She's great in everything she and does. Kimmy Schmidt. She's so good. Too. She's, she's, yeah. I like her. You know, she played like if any like if anyone in Thirty Rock was a villain, she kind of played the villain character. You know, and like it's hard for yeah. me to appreciate how good the villain is but thinking back yeah she's great in 30 rock i'm not as villainy but uh you know you can kind of see her hitting the beats better like for me they're more apparent they're easier to appreciate mm-hmm. and then like in 30 rock i'm not saying she wasn't good it's saying it was harder for me to realize she was good right you're saying kimmy schmidt you, you said 30 rock twice uh kimmy schmidt it's easier for me to understand because she's less of a villain. She's less yeah. of, a, of a straight antagonist. Yeah, yeah. She's not a villain, but she's an antagonist. Yeah. I think that that's the key, right? She's not evil. Right. She's just the one who causes a lot of problems. Problems. And then there's Tracy. Tracy They're the, sort of the key, key antagonist. And, of course, Alec Baldwin. That totally gave... That redid, that revitalized his career. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, they really, he is so amazing. Every time he's on Saturday Night Live. Like, whenever he or Justin Timberlake are hosting, I have yeah. to watch. Because they're both hilarious and very talented yeah <laughs> which justin timberlake is kind of shocking considering he's a musician he's a talented he's dude fantastic and he's willing to make fun of him. himself oh which totally is the important the, the important factor is you're willing to you know just let it fly and, and right and, and not care uh and you know, the, the improv mindset of <gasps> it's all about he's really good yeah and, and so i want i kind of want to see alec baldwin and jack ham get together John Ham. John Ham. John Ham. John Ham. Yeah. He's Hamm. another one that's hysterical. I'd love to see yeah. him and Alec Baldwin do oh something together. Oh my God. Together. I kind of wish him and Kristen Wiig would get together in real life. I don't know why. I just feel like they'd be really good together. <laughs> well, apparently, like, John Ham was, was like a comedy nerd who had done, it was, it was around Hollywood yes. for like hanging out with comedy people for like 15 years yes. before he actually got a part in Mad yes. So all the comedy people knew him and, 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 and were friends with him. So he was like just really into that scene. But it's so funny because he's so like strikingly handsome, and then right. he does like you know, and then all of a sudden he like does comedy, and you're like you don't expect it from his his role in Mad Men it was so awful, uh, yeah. very uh, very serious, very dour. Yeah, and it's harder to do yeah. comedy than it is to do drama as very, an actor. Much, it's much so harder, hard because because you have oh. to you have to know when to go big. Timing. Yeah, but I, oh, some of his comedy characters are some, like King Kimmy Schmidt when he's playing mm-hmm. the Reverend. Oh, it's great. And then in Black Mirror, you know, he's these Black Mirror was not a comedy well, he, <laughs> character. Oh, right, but he had that. He, he was he was a different character yeah. than Mammoth, but he was not a comedy character. Yeah. He he was he was a more he, he was but he can he can play different, which he is he was important. great in Bridesmaids for God's sake. Yeah, I mean like he, he, can, he can play a bunch of 
he's a good actor. He can. Yeah. He's he's not necessarily Daniel Daniel Lewis in terms of his range, but he has well, he has a good range. Daniel Day Lewis is on his own. Yeah, freaking level. It's yeah. just not normal. <laughs> he's amazing. He's just his whole life. He's just been yeah, it's different. I mean, like I I I'm kind of I've I've said this before. I I don't understand what everybody loves about Tom Hanks because he always <sighs> plays the same character. He's gonna play Mister Rogers. Yeah, in a biopic. All he does, he's that's he's, okay. He's just, I mean, he's not a character actor at all. He just plays the same thing over. And I over think again. that's, but I think he's going to reprise a bunch of Forrest Gump mannerisms and things to make Mister Rogers. I, I, I've never, I've never found Tom Hanks to be particularly compelling, except when Puzzle he Buddies? does, except when he does comedy. I love when when he, he does, does like when he was on Saturday Night Live and and he did. Um, uh, Mr. Short-Term Memory. Yes. I loved yes. those sketches. He's very physical. Mm-hmm. Like when he when he was in Big when we were kids. Yeah. Like Big. And right. um, I loved him in, in Splash and Bosom Buddies was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Um, which if you think about the concept, it's kind of funny now. Like back then that was kind of risque. But um, he, he was great in all of those shows and, and uh, in movies in his early, early career. Yeah. And I loved I, – I, and then he became kind of more serious. I, I think he's one of the exceptions to the rule, which is that, that, that comedy is the hard one. To me, it seems like to him comedy is the easier one. And yes. drama Comes natural. doesn't come across as it, – it, he's, he's not as good at playing subtle. And mm. – like he, it, it, it just feels like he's, like, like, the life has been drained out of him from like a ten, from from like hmm. a, an eight to a five, as opposed to him actually playing the scene. Because he's like so. holding himself back. Yeah, like like he's he's he he has the same instincts as comedy to go big, but then he just tune, turns everything down, which makes everything sort of a lower volume. You would think Robin Williams would have been that way, but I don't think he was. Robin because Williams Robin Williams was, was so crazy. In he comedy. was really good but at. He was Great at drama. drama. Yeah, he he was exceptional. At, but at you didn't expect drama. that, though. Whenever you'd see him in a drama like mm-hmm. Goodwill Hunting or something or Dead Poet Society, you were like waiting for him to be like, Good morning, Vietnam, because he had such energy. You were just kind of like, Wait a minute. You know, like. One hour photo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one was. When he played dark characters, yeah. too, it was kind of weird because you don't. Ex- he was like, had that rage in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And you were like, Oh my God, you're, but you're Robin Williams. <laughs> he was in Death to Smoochie, right? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. he's the clown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, an old Christopher Nolan movie, one of his first ones called Insomnia. Oh, that was creepy in Insomnia. That was a really good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember being kind of bored by it. I just remember thinking it was a good concept. That's every every Christopher Nolan movie. It's a good concept. It's a good concept. <laughs> so true. But where's the story? Some, yeah, it's so <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. He does always have a good concept. What was he? I think he's nominated for an Oscar again this year. Dunkirk. Oh, I wanted to see that. I, I, yeah. I he really tries really hard. It feels he like, tries so hard. But it's like Interstellar was like, I mean, there's some cool scenes in that. That's a good I concept. But, seen oh. that. Is that the one with Jennifer Lawrence? No, no, it's the one with Anne Hathaway and oh. and uh, Matt Damon and uh, uh, um, uh, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't see that given but, the two uh, last names, Inception, the two names you just said. <laughs> Inception, like a great concept, but no one knows what the hell really. How does it work? I didn't know. No one understands it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I tried so because, hard because it, it, it's Maybe not a very good tripping. story. It, Maybe you have to be on hallucinogenics uh, to understand well, you it. Just gotta watch the Rick and Morty. 
primer <laughs> on how it works. That's all. It was it was a lot of really cool ideas and, and stuff connected that didn't have a story to, to gel it together. So yeah. because it was a lot of it. new stuff, it felt cool. And that was the same thing with his Batman stuff. Like if you I like if that. you look back at those Batman movies only the first one is like a decent movie and a story on its own. Oh, and on then, its own. And then like the Dark Knight, all the Heath Ledger scenes are incredible, but that's <sighs> only like twelve or thirteen minutes out of a two and a half hour movie. <sighs> and and the rest of it feels like when you're watching Police again, Officer like, Number Five was really good. <sighs> and then the third one, which Damien was in, was a mess. I liked it. You did? See, I like all, I don't know, I like all of those movies and I'm not really into Batman, I'm more of a cap. I'm more of an Iron Man kind of guy. I mean, the tone. Was, the tone. Was, <laughs> I love me was some Robert Downey Jr. So <laughs> he's good at establishing tone, and the tone was the same yes. for all those movies. Sort of an oppressive, like, yeah, but, but, but kinetic tone. So there's always, they always felt like they were moving, but then there was always this sort of like oppressive, like nature of of of, of the of the subject that was there. So it's like you felt on edge. Yeah, I don't know. I always like. I don't know. I like them. But like I guess I don't know. Maybe, You're allowed. I mean, no, no, I know. I'm just. I don't know. I'm no. I'm just saying. I just. I really don't always like them. But I think for me too. I guess it has. I guess I get sucked in by the actor. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, if I like the actors, I'm. I think I'm like that. I don't know why. Like well, anything is, that anything that, for example, like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I've loved him since like mm-hmm. less than zero. Like, yeah, yeah. That pretty much was like a mirror of his life unfortunately mm-hmm. but thank god he came out on the other side he, you know not unlike julian uh his character he played but like i love everything in his career i've seen everything he's not and i just to me he's like oh like he's just an amazing actor and so i haven't seen anything that he's ever done that has been shit he deserves all the credit he yes. gets i mean like the Talk marvel the entire story. sort of like marvel all that universe billions of dollars just because of him is because of him, because he breathed life into that yeah, role. And that story was really bare bones. If you look back at it, you watch it. It's a really bare bones story. Yeah. But the scenes with him, he exuded this charm and confidence. That's Robert Downey Jr. And it really then, and that gelled the rest of the stuff that, that felt like they were like sharp edges. I agree. That gelled them together. And then you watch Iron Man 2 and you're like, okay, you can't do the same thing again. doesn't work. But then he gets to play. Then they started writing them better. Yeah, and he gets to play more interesting parts. And, right, and that is like the, the the interesting thing is like he's he's kind of the glue that that held that together, and he's probably going to go away after the next two movies. Right? Well, the, I will only see the movies that he's in. <laughs> Like, I don't want to see any of the other. Like, if he's not, if Iron Man's not in them, I don't want to go see them. It's horrible. I'm ridiculous. I mean, he was great. Did you see the Spider Man movie? He was great in that. Spider Man was uh, great. Was my favorite superhero movie of the last year. Uh, I'm not a Spider Man gal. I haven't seen it yet, but I mean, in the previews I saw it. Looked, it seemed like a really cool because he's mentoring Peter Parker, right? Yeah. It just seems yeah, he's like... not much. He's not in it much. You're not. Okay. He's not like. That's why I haven't seen it. He's not in more than like five or six minutes of the movie in total. This is why I haven't seen it. The story is about (laughs) Peter Parker, and it it shouldn't be about Robert Downey Jr. Right, right. Yeah, right. Uh, But he plays... He plays the kind of the Uncle Ben role in a sense, the the moral compass for (laughs) for Spider-Man. And it's 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 a good role, but I think that the good thing is the movie is is 
very good and it's got this sort of John Hughes vibe to it. It's almost oh. a comedy. And teen comedy. And that is what he's makes young. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they right. And that was that is what makes the movie work is that it doesn't feel like your typical superhero movie. It right. feel so you get that and you also get a really nuanced and menacing performance from uh Michael Keaton, who does a great <sighs> job. And there's things that in, in that movie that were he's one of the better villains in all of the Marvel stuff just because of what happened and the other the other great thing about the movie is it's so low stakes it's not the world on fire it's not even New York on fire it's just a guy stealing shit yeah <laughs> and and Spider-Man has to stop him right and, there's and that's no, it yeah, yeah there's no like portals into another world yeah there's no crazy. giant blue laser that shoots right. up in the sky they, yeah they, it's they're just gonna stop the alien invasion someone stealing some shit yeah, yeah that's yeah. nice that's a nice change it is a nice change of pace yeah it's a nice change of pace always a plus I definitely like how they're getting more putting more humor in after Guardians worked right they're starting to put more humor into the movies and yeah well I mean like the Captain America movies are not like humor driven yeah. mm. like the I don't know if you saw the Winter Soldier was a really good like political thriller of, uh, of a superhero movie. It was a common mm-hmm. combination of like a seventies political thriller and a, yeah. and, a, and a superhero movie. And then Civil War was kind of a mishmash of different things, uh, but a little bit of a political stuff with um, with a kind of half Avengers thing oh, yeah. too. Uh, but those all worked because. I think that actually, what's his name, Chris... Uh, Chris Pine? Chris, no. There's another, different Chris. Oh, oh, the other one. Um, Evans, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yeah, sorry. He, he gives a, a, a balanced performance as, as Captain, and you, you feel sort of the respect and dignity of that character. That comes yeah, he through. does a very good job of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, like, you don't hate him. He's not like, you're not like, oh, you're such Which a Which is weird, because I remember being introduced to him from like the Fantastic Four, those awful movies where he was Johnny Storm, he was awful. Yes, yeah, I never saw those because they did not appeal yeah. to me. I, I have to say, like my favorite superhero is not really a super. I love Deadpool, Bes- like besides besides Iron Man, I love Deadpool. How could you not? Deadpool is Bugs Bunny. That, that's essentially what, what his character. I freaking love is. Deadpool, but the yeah. hard t- thing with me with my severe hearing loss, I cannot see the, a movie of that in the theater because I can't read his lips. Oh, okay. So I need don't the closed caption. I've never used one of those in the theaters, and I don't know how, where I'd even get one. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the high schoolers would even know what the hell to do. The kids that work behind the counter, mm-hmm. I don't know what they'd even know what the hell to do with it. Like, they'd be like, I don't know. Let me get a manager. And I usually don't get there on time, so because I don't want to sit through twenty minutes of you know previews. Um, so I so that's why I have I did not see Deadpool in the theater. So I'd rather just watch it at home and have the closed caption because I'd rather I can't, watch most movies at home. Anyway. Well, yeah, but I can't. With I love Ryan Reynolds, and but that, that's the irony of the movie is you don't get to see his pretty face because it's burned. You know, <laughs> but like you can't. I'm. I rely so much on lip reading, and okay. so like so. There's certain movies like Tom Cruise isn't sucks, but a lot of his movies when he mumbles and he talks and he doesn't move his mouth. Oh my god, is that so frustrating for me? <laughs> so I can't, I can never understand him. And then like, um, what was the movie with Heath Ledger and um, oh, Brokeback Mountain? 
there's a skit on Saturday Night Live where they read, they did it and they had marbles in their mouth and they were like, they're yeah, pretending. Marble, yeah. And that is how they spoke. And I remember actually crying in the theater. I had tears running down my face because I was so frustrated because I couldn't hear. And I looked at my friend Beth and I was like, I can't hear. And she was, honey, I have perfect hearing. I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that makes me feel somewhat better. And I was like, it's like all Oscar nominated and I can't understand what they're saying. I don't think that movie was about the dialogue though. It was more about the emotions. And right. And that's how I was able to follow yeah, it. Yeah. You know, but it was just extraordinarily frustrating for me so you have something like deadpool that is so it's dialogue heavy oh my god yeah. and that, that's what makes it funny is like you know yeah. all the sarcastic shit that he's saying that you a superhero quote unquote is not supposed right. to say and that's what makes it so fabulous yeah so that's I why love... he's a bugs bunny character he's, he's a he's, he's you know um making fun of, of yeah of the reality around him and so i love that's what's funny. And he's aware of the fact that he's yeah. a, a fictional character yeah so that's why yeah. I, I that to me is uh, the best kind of i need to watch scott pilgrim again Scott Pilgrim. <gasps> That's a great I, movie. I just, you know, we're talking about all these movies. I'm thinking like Kick-Ass. I'm like, oh, no. Damien had Scott me watch Pilgrim. that. Scott Pilgrim. We watched that when we were yeah. dating. I recently rewatched that like it was a good uh, movie on his part. about two or three weeks ago because I was like, hey, you know, I want to see that again. And it it, it holds up because yeah. there's so much inventive stuff that Edgar Wright, the director, is doing with visual stuff on screen. They've and... never done it again. Like, there's really nothing to compare it to. I don't yeah, feel no, like, like well, the kapow, like all of that stuff. There's nothing. The closest I can think of is other Edgar Wright movies because he's a very kind of, he, he really does use a lot of visual stuff. So, like, um, uh, Hot Fuzz or mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, The End of the World. What's, what's that? The uh, World's End. The World's End. Never seen that. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah, I've seen Shaun yeah. of the Dead. Again, another Damien. Yeah. Like, Damien has, I, I give credit where credit is due. There's a lot of, of visual elements to the stuff that's going on. That, and Edgar Wright is a very, is, is a good filmmaker. That, and what's recently did a Baby Driver. I don't know if you saw that. That one. sounds so familiar. Wait a minute. John um, Hamm's in it. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is in it. Yes. Kevin Spacey is. In it. Oh, poor Kevin Sp- <laughs> oh, God, not poor Kevin Spacey, but I mean like that whole hot mess yeah. of Kevin Spacey. I used to think he was such a great actor, and eh, a little too good of an actor. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw Shit. it. I like the Edgar Wright stuff. Who else is someone else it's is in that? Not that great. I movie. haven't seen it yet. I've been but who's the, to. who's the main lead role? It's just some kid. Yeah, I know. I reckon. I know the kid. The kid is the name. Is the, what I reckon is the um, oh, shit. Is it Enzel? Yeah, Enzel something. Enzel Eggert. Yes. Eggert. He's a great. He was in. Um, oh, he was in a movie that totally made me cry. It was like him and that chick that I. I she's in. Um, Big Little Lies. Um, she they had cancer. The stars, fault in our stars. That's oh, in that. oh <gasps> yeah. And I did not want to watch that movie, and I got sucked into it because I'm not a huge fan of her. And then I saw her in because uh, I don't like those movies that she's in. That's like a spinoff. It's supposed to be like The Hunger Games, but it's not. Maze Hunter, Divergent, Divergent series. I don't really. I'm Shalaya, Shalaya, and Woodley, Shalaya, Shalaya. I can't remember. I'm looking it up on IMDb. Yeah. Shalay Sh- 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 Woodley, I think is how you pronounce her name. And I wasn't a huge fan of her, but I like, she's very political and stuff, so I like that about her. Yeah, Shalane. Shalane. Sh- she's in Big, she was in Big Little Lies, and I was like, okay, now I really like you. Because <laughs> like, Big Little Lies, like, it, I know you guys are dudes, but holy shit. So the fault, the fault in our stars is the one where stars. two people yeah. who are two Cancers. kids who are dying. No, no, they weren't both dying. They both had cancer. They both that. had cancer. They Ugh. fell in love, and she thought she was dying, but she doesn't die, and he dies. Yes, Christ, it's awful. Yeah. Ugh, I, I was so wah, pissed. Wah. 
Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, so Ansel Egert, is that his name? Yeah. I think the dude who wrote Fault in Our Stars is from Upper St. Clair. Huh. I think he's one of the, yeah, I think he's yeah. a, he's written a couple, uh, turned into movies. Um, yeah, that I, he's the one who plays the main driver, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's the, he's, he's baby. The baby driver. Yeah. And is it, is it about like when they do robberies? Yeah. He's, he's the getaway driver? Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I heard the soundtrack is really good on yeah. it. Yeah, the the, fir- the very first like scene where where it's done with the like almost like a music video thing oh, is cool. awesome. It's like five minutes of, of this you know like this action scene done in time with the music, and it, it's Ooh. great. And then it kind of gets it, it slows down there, like it, it it slows and speeds up, and and so it's just kind of disjointed. It's fine. It's not like great, okay. but, but it's fine. Good cast. That's what's so disappointing. Yeah, I, mean, like, I love know, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is good in it. John Hamm is decent in it. But it's not, I don't really consider that the actor's fault. Usually, it's the writing or the editing. You know what I mean? I think like, they kind of do as well, well as they Edgar, can with what is, they're given. This is all Edgar Wright's thing. I mean, he wrote it. He directed. I don't know whether he edited or not, but he definitely played a role. Yeah. Uh, I, I I feel like. Scott Pilgrim was more his opus because that mm-hmm. that felt like his opus. Look at you, damn. That that was like to me damn. that that was and, and it also appealed to you know things that I liked, even the course. video game stuff. Yeah, and the kid. And I, the, the only thing is, I I kind of think that what's his name was miscast. Michael Sarah. Like I think it should have oh, yeah. been the guy from Chuck, Zachary Levi. <gasps> Zach Levy. Oh yeah, Zachary. Um, yeah, exactly. He could he he could have done a what better Scott name? Pilgrim, who's yeah. you know, more assertive and. What's his name, Zachary? Zach, Zach Levy. Levy. Zach Levy. Oh, I thought you yeah. said Zach. You can't remember. Yeah, Zach Levy would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. He was good in Juno, Mike. Or Mike Sarah. Mike, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's he was perfect in that role. There's yeah. something about him that makes me uncomfortable. He's a little. I mean, I think is he so uncomfortable with himself that he makes me uncomfortable. No, I just think his it's his it's it's his. Just this character, I would, not even necessarily a shtick. I mean, did you see? Um, Every character he plays is somebody who's uncomfortable. What was the What was the one where it was Danny McBride and uh, it was <laughs> the end of the world? It, it was the end of the world. Oh, like the, the religious and like like the, wasn't Seth Rogen and all them? Yeah, in that? Seth oh my Rogen. god! And, and, yeah, um, this is the end. This, this is, is the end. end. Oh yeah. my god! I had this a fantastic another and one that Damien had me watch. Michael Sarah was in that for like and, he, a... and he played like a coked up like sex yeah. hound. Yeah, now that's cool. <laughs> that he was playing that. Michael Sarah. Right? Yeah, he was playing himself <laughs> way he against type, and that was funny. I think Hermione was in that too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. but everyone was. Yeah, in that, that was a great. Now that is a genius concept. That was a great concept. Yeah, Franco's in it, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, that was like, but a good thirty-minute sketch. Yes, stretched out to two yes. hours. Yes, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. But, oh, Danny McBride, that's another. Have you one. seen the Disaster Artist yet? Yes, I did. Yeah. Damien and I went to see it. And what a Disaster Artist? Oh yeah, that was yeah. your date night. You guys had bro night, and I liked it. I thought it was. I mean, I've you know I've seen he the room. So I know the concept, but but it's less about. I mean, it's about the room, but it's it, it's more about this. God. It's a very fictional thing about because there's so much that is sort of taken out of of, of not of, of the actual story and it's turned into you know it, it's it's written to be a mm-hmm. an uplifting kind of kind of oh, story. It is? Like, yeah, and like a like a Hollywood you know two guys get to Hollywood. And, I mean, there's it's it's a very silly, very light movie. 
it works on that level. If you're expecting it to be like some awesome thing about how awful the room was, it doesn't really follow through on that. I mean, it makes it look awful, but it also... Well, they're not going to do that to the guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's less about how much of a of a dick and jerk Tommy Wiseau was and more just about like this sort of bromance between these two characters. And he did not get nominated for an Oscar. No, he did not. And he, and won, he, did, he didn't deserve to. And be. he and he won the Golden Globe though, which I was surprised by. This, those are all bought and paid for. Those Golden Globes. Pardon? The the Golden Globes are all bought and paid for. But it's just weird that usually if you're not if you win a Golden Globe, you're pretty much a shoe in to be nominated for an Oscar. So that is kind of yeah. But the timing did, did, of the accusations against him and stuff were all kind of peculiar. Yeah, that, so that, that, must the, have, that could have played a role, Well, too. that's the big thing. That's what everybody was saying after the Oscar nominations came out. It was like, oh, did Franco not get it? get a nomination because of the accusations and I can stand politics blah, 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 blah. plays a role definitely in the academy it plays a, part, in they, a role yeah. in everything did either of you see the uh, documentary Netflix about um, Jim Carrey when he was making Man in the Moon no, no but I would have loved to even though he creeps me out but... I didn't like Man in the Moon like, well, at all but you know so Jim Carrey was like method acting right he was yeah, in he was Andy like he yeah. was possessed by Andy Kaufman right, yeah. like so Daniel there's so the documentary yeah, and it's like, you're not Daniel Day-Lewis, dude. Yeah, it's your fucking Jim Carrey. Yeah. But the documentary was like, <laughs> he's like talking to Andy's family as if he's Andy. It's like <gasps> crazy shit. Now, to me, that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. It, it actually helped the family like get some really? clothes. Like, that's the way the documentary was put together. Well, yeah, sure. It actually like, it was comforting to you the know family. What know. We talked about how yeah, you edit those you things. Well, edit. that's why I said it the way I said it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the way it was put together. That's but, really But, you know, he was also like a complete dick to the director. <laughs> like, like Oh, as Andy it, Kaufman, you mean? As or, Andy or, Kaufman, yeah. Well, Andy Kaufman, from what I understand, was a dick. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Like he was he, a total dick, and you could never tell if he was being himself or if he was just being a dick. Like if he was acting, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you could never tell who well, you were getting. Kind of, that's I, kind I of respect thing, right? people you, that find him funny. I never found nuts. him funny. I couldn't Andy be friends Kaufman. with someone like that. I'd be like, yeah. "Holy shit, who am I getting?" Yeah, like it was almost like he was schizophrenic. It was like, he but, had some... but 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 you know, just play devil's advocate here. It's also genius. Well, it's it does it matter? whether you're getting an act or him right if he's consistent with who he is that's true is it who yeah but i guess what i'm saying is like are you showing me who you really are or are you just being a dick to get a reaction from me i just care whether it's funny and to me it wasn't funny yeah because it, it would aggravate me yeah, more than anything yeah right it's yeah. like somebody just like like on there, you there you know what i mean be, you need to put a little bit of sugar with that medicine or else it's not gonna go yeah right. it's like i have an older sister yeah. I, I already had the mm-hmm. enough I, mean, I don't need it from other people <laughs> Yeah. To me, I, we I, love to torment each other. If you've seen some of the newer Dave Chappelle stuff on Netflix, he's so good at that. He's so good at, at <laughs> having a point, but also putting in, sprinkling in just the right amount of like levity yeah. to, to get it across. And I always felt like people, I see praise Bill Hicks, and Bill Hicks kind of had an Andy Kaufman thing to me where it was there wasn't any of that sprinkle of sugar. And it just felt like at some point he was just lecturing me as opposed to... Like talking down to you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like being condescending. I don't like yeah. being felt like someone's talking down like, to me. Like, if you're going to talk down to me, then you better be like a fucking genius about what you're doing. If right. you're not, then I'm going to be pissed off. Right. If, if if you're fucking Einstein talking down to me, okay, you're Einstein. Right. But you got to prove you're fucking Einstein. Right. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like yeah. condescending 
tones. <laughs> I don't react well to that. But. Well, shut up then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think, you know, the, the documentary on Netflix is worth a watch because oh, yeah. you get a good, there's a ton of footage of the making of Man in the Moon. You get to see, you know. I love that song. You, well, you get to see Jimby Jim. You get to see Jimby Andy. You get to see Jimby, uh, Tony, Tony. Uh, Clifton. Tony Clifton. Why did that song? I love that song. I'm not a huge fan, but REM, you mean? Yeah, and, oh, but, I but, but I don't understand why that song got. I don't understand he's in the lyrics, but I don't understand why that song got so associated with Andy Kaufman that it became the title of the movie. Right? Like, what does that song have to do with Andy Kaufman? That I don't know if they wrote it for the movie or if no, it was, I, it was they wrote like, the song about Andy. I mean, it was about it was Andy about Andy Kaufman, things about Andy Kaufman, but it was written like. You know, ten years before the movie was it? Was yeah, it really? I See, so. I don't remember because I no, was... yeah, yeah. I think the song predated. I mean, they made a tribute to Andy Kaufman and Michael uh, Stipe did. Yeah, really. Yeah, and then yeah, I think the people That's who were just song. putting the movie together they, they knew. Yeah, they, they probably said, did oh, research. There's a cultural connection here. Well, they probably his... did research. You know, they obviously yeah. did a shit ton of research on Andy Kaufman, and they yeah. pro- and they probably found out. Oh, hey. R.E.M. wrote the everyone, song. Everyone associates this song with him, I But guess. that song wasn't released before, though, was oh, it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was? It yeah, was released like before. It was probably... On which album? I don't know, Automatic to the People or something? No, no, but that was the album that was released on that I know of. I thought you meant it was released 10 years before the movie came Let's out. Let's see. Uh, I, mean, the vi- I mean, the video obviously was re-cut, re-released, you know, to coincide with the movie, you know, and there was probably a right. soundtrack. Oh, it videos. might have got it back on the charts as a soundtrack single or something like that. Right, but I mean, I knew the song, the song was on Automatic for the People, I think, but, but I thought you meant the song was written and released like 10 years prior to the movie. That's what I thought you were insinuating. The song is, the song was made in 1992. The movie was released in 1999. Oh my God, seriously, there was that big of a difference? Yeah. Because I remember this. I thought, I'm sorry, I mean, I misunderstood. I thought you meant that the song was like written in the 80s. In like one of the, on like, almost know, the 80s. Like the Orange Crush you know his yeah. crush it was on automatic for the people Holla. like that i like cause i knew the song then but to me that movie man on the moon came out earlier than that no. like i can't believe it it was that really yeah did you say 99 99 holy shit like i thought it came out when i was in high school and nope uh-uh i was in college i totally thought it came out earlier than that 25th anniversary of groundhog day oh yes Great movie. Oh, what the a, movie, yes, a... but this fucking road. Oh, f- no, no it's, there's a lot more Groundhog Days than 25, but yeah, Bill Murray's uh, Groundhog Day. One of the years. best structured movies. Such a great movie. Such a great story structure. So, so well cute. done. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that. That's one of the when, when I bring up examples of like awesome like movies that I think have great story structure. Groundhog Day, Star <laughs> Wars, Die Hard. These, oh, I love Die Hard. Yeah, I mean these movies just like. Every beat feels right. You're not. You're not ever. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not ever like wondering what's happening. You're not ever misunderstanding the plot at all. Ever you understand how the beats lead into each other. It's, they stand the test of time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. These are great movies. What other movies did we say? Because we were talking about that. We were talking about this around the holidays. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I remember you saying Die Hard, and I, I was saying how I love how the that's Matrix. considered a Christmas movie. The Matrix. The <laughs> I first love how Matrix. that's considered a Christmas movie. <laughs> the first Matrix. Yeah. Uh, very Joseph Campbell, very yeah. you know basic basic hero's journey structure. Um, There's something else too. Are there any movies that you can think of that you would count as besides Groundhog Day? Uh, I mean. He, 
uh, you know, the the is up there with with these other ones. The um, Indiana Jones, uh, 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 Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. It's um, funny is a lot of these are eighties movies. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's our childhood. So I think the, it's kind there, of, there, there's a bit of that. Like I could throw Mr. Mom out there if we want to do old school Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Mr. Mom. I remember Gung Ho. I oh yeah, it was yeah. in Pittsburgh. Filmed here in Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all about the. It was filmed in Pittsburgh. It was set in Pittsburgh. I think mm-hmm. it's about the car. Think of, but yeah, but movies that are, no, it was set in Detroit. That are but it was filmed here. Good that are like that well developed. They're rare. They're they're. I mean, come on, Spaceballs. Diamonds. No, Spaceballs was not a very well developed. So I, I'm, I, I, I like it. I love joking. it. I love it, but it was not. I'm totally yeah. messing with you. I'm sure Mel Brooks would. So even um, pick a movie that, that I think has really good character progressions, but it's more multi-timeline, so it doesn't quite feel like what you're saying is Snatch. I think Snatch is. <gasps> is oh, Snatch had good Snatch characters, yeah, but it, yeah, it didn't. It didn't follow. It didn't have a great. The story progression wasn't it, as, it, as clear as it could have. Yeah, been. that's it. I mean, because yeah. there's yeah multiple timelines, and they kind of converge at different points mm-hmm. you know so like tracks a and b converge here and tracks b and c converge a little bit further down and stuff like that but the incredibles mm. very so, well structured if you're gonna do multiple timelines i would think that i think quentin tarantino is a genius at that yeah but that he's mm. he plays with structure so much that, that i love that yeah no i, I think it's I, he, if you're really good like tarantino he, is you can do that yeah make a good movie if you're George Lucas, you can't. Uh, you have to, you know, stick stick to stick to what works. George Lucas, uh, <laughs> the proven path. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are you referring to? The, the prequel, Star Wars prequels. Oh god, yeah. I never even saw any of them because they just seemed sick. It's because he had enough fuck you money that you have yeah. to listen to yeah. anyone. Yeah, I was so yeah. confused. George, you don't it. want to do that. There. I was like, just show me the Ewoks. That's I just think they're cute. I'm mm-hmm. so confused. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, Star Wars, the movie itself, there, there's some stuff, there's like documentaries about it on, on YouTube. It's like a 25 minute documentary about the editing. How the first one was, the first edit that mm-hmm. George Lucas cut was just atrocious. And it, that movie was totally saved in editing. The editing made that movie work. The first Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Because oh, he didn't have any fuck you money. Well, because yeah. it, like the George Lucas cut was like two and a half hours long. Oh. And it was full of just digressions and weird shit and didn't make any sense. <laughs> And it was totally cut down against George Lucas's will into something that worked, into this tight, like, 95, 100-minute thing that just flowed. So he was pissed. And they cut he it He got down. over it. Well, obviously. But I mean, <laughs> Not like... enough to, 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 make, to not make the special editions, though. He made it... He, he had to add yeah. the, the Jabba scene that made no sense and that was, you know, that, that, that repeated information that was there before. It, it, all, this, all this shit that was, you know... Yeah. It was not... George Lucas... Has some interesting ideas, like Nolan. He's an idea man. He has to know. He has to someone else bring him to fruition and kill yes. all the babies. Yes, right? the, the, the editing is all about killing your babies. Yeah. Killing the babies. That's a, so. So the idea is never heard that phrase, and it's awful. Uh, <laughs> it also, sometimes called "kill your darlings." The idea is oh. there is stuff that you love, but if you're a good editor. You're gonna, you have to cut the stuff you love. Right. You have to cut. You have to kill your babies I gotcha. to make something that works. Right. And it's hard, but you have to say, "I like this." Well, I'm sure your uncle understood that. Yeah, and and when I I, I remember when I was remember I was doing the, the script writing for, with with oh, Chris. Jesus. But but I had a, a moment of that when there was a scene that I really liked that I thought was really funny, but it didn't flow. I was yeah. like, I gotta cut it. I gotta take it out. It just was, 
Yeah, I mean, if I thought if we make more of these, I'll, I'll find a way to put that joke in somewhere else. Right. It just it did not flow at the scene. It's just you got to you got to take it out because you got to keep the flow. You got to keep it moving. Right. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Mm. And <laughs> if you're if you don't have that, and that, that just takes experience in working with stuff. If you don't have that with you, like you know, writers, you know, George R. R. Martin, I think. Is not he? He doesn't edit his stuff. So I mean, his movies, books get bigger, 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 and they're full of crap. He is not very good at killing his babies anymore. So much that he's now spending, you know, eleven years on books. <laughs> My God, I know. I don't know how, what's going to happen with that. I'm so pissed off that we have to wait until 2019. <laughs> I'm really upset about it. It's almost there. I'm quite almost violent there. about it. No, I'm super there. pissed. I, have you heard? My... Macy Williams like left, uh, dropped a hint, and I, so I think that it's going to actually be an earlier 2019. So we might only have a year. I'll tell you who I. I, I have a theory <laughs> awesome. about who's going to end up on the Iron Throne. Who? Sansa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I it's think the, so too. It's the only. It's the only Sansa? character that Sansa makes Sansa sense. Sansa Stark. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! It's I 100 percent agree with you. It's the only character that makes sense because we it has to be one of the main characters we're going to follow. They've been foreshadowing the fact that she's kind of like Cersei. Yeah. Like she like she always kind of idolized her, but she's trying. You know, like she's trying to be more diplomatic, like Jon Snow. Right. Like she's tr- she's kind of wrestling with her own internal demons this this past season, like where she doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. She's the only character that makes sense to 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 to, to be the winner. I agree with you. So that's my. I just hope that uh, what's her name doesn't get magically pregnant from Jon Snow since oh, he's dead? kind of dead. Oh, they're going to really. end up killing each other or something. So, like, there's something weird because like he's dead, but he's not dead. Yeah, there's ice back. and fire. There's, thing, the, there's yeah. something. Something's going to melt. I don't know. Yeah, something's happening yeah. there. The fact that and she's and she's crazy. She's his aunt, technically, yeah. right? Like, is yep. it her aunt? Yes. Is it like one? Is it like great aunt or just aunt? Just no, aunt. it's just she's aunt. Just yeah, I was, aunt. I was hoping for maybe a second removed, but no, no. just no. straight up. Aunt. Hey, back at that time, still not not okay. Oh, I just want Arya to just kick ass and take names. Oh my god, how about <laughs> how about Bri- Brienne of Tarth and uh and the, the Hound like talking about her like they're proud parents. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, she's she's fucking badass. What's now. his name? I love the, the... Like, they did. Did you see that scene yeah. where they're kind of like, she's all right, she's alive. All right. Yeah. Like, she's ha- she's handling things. Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, that's got a badass here." That was like, I think that turned into a gif. Yeah, like, and I was like, "Oh my god, this made me so happy!" Like that was probably yeah. my favorite scene of the entire season. I was like, "That made me so happy to see the two of them together." <laughs> that's the fan service I want. I just want like a montage of her just slitting throats. <laughs> <laughs> Slit your throats. We should probably end here. It's eleven fifteen. So, oh, fuck. is it really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Thank you so much for being here with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. And it's been great. And yeah, come back anytime. I would love to. Thank you. Sure thing. Well,